Book Two, The Island Adventures, Chapter Twelve of the Book of Missionary Heroes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emily Burton. The Book of Missionary Heroes by Basil Matthews, Chapter Twelve, The Boy. Of adventurous heart. Chalmers the boy, born 1841, martyred 1901. The rain had poured down in such torrents that even the hardy boys of Inverary in Scotland had been driven indoors. Now the sky had cleared and the sun was shining again after the great storm. The boys were out again, and a group of them were walking towards the little stream of Array, which tumbled through the glen down to Loch Finn. But the stream was little no longer. As the boys came near to the place called the Three Bridges, where a rough wooden bridge crossed the torrent, they walked faster towards the stream, for they could hear it roaring in a perfect flood which shook the timbers of the bridge. The great rainfall was running from the hills the thousand streamlets into the main torrent. Suddenly there came a shout and a scream. A boy dashed towards them, saying that one of his schoolmates had fallen into the rushing water, and that the full spate of the array was carrying him away down to the sea. The boys stood horrified, all except one, who rushed forward, pulling off his jacket as he ran, leapt down the bank to the lower side of the bridge, and clinging to the timber, held to it with one arm while he stretched out the other as the drowning boy was being carried under the bridge, seized him and held him tightly with his left hand. James Chalmers, the boy who had gone to the rescue, though only ten years old, could swim. Letting go of the bridge, while still holding the other boy with one arm, he allowed the current to carry them both down to where the branches hung over the bank to the water's surface. Seizing one of these, he dragged himself and the boy towards the bank, whence he was held to dry land by his friends. The boy, whom young James Chalmers had saved, belonged to a rival school. Often, the wild-blooded boys, like their fierce highland ancestors who fought clan against clan, had attacked the boys of this school and had fought them. James, whose father was a stonemason, and whose mother was a Highland lassie, born near Loch Lomond, was the leader in these battles. But all the fighting was forgotten when he heard that a boy was in danger of his life, and he had plunged in as swiftly to save him as he would have done for any boy from his own school. We do not hear that James was clever at lessons in his school, but when there was anything to be done, he had the quickest hand, the keenest eye, the swiftest mind, and the most daring heart in all the village. Though he loved the hills and glens and the morning torrent, James, above everything else, reveled in the sea. One day, a little later on, after the rescue of his friend from drowning, James stood on the quay at Inverary, gazing across the lock and watching the sails of the fishing boats, when he heard a loud cry. He looked round. There, on the edge of the quay, 
stood a mother wringing her hands and calling out that her child had fallen into the waters and was drowning. James ran along the quay and taking off his coat as he dashed to the spot, he dived into the water and seizing the little child by the dress, drew him ashore. The child seemed dead, but when they laid him on the quayside and moved his arms, his breath began to come and go again, and the colour returned to his cheeks. Twice Chalmers had saved others from drowning, three times he himself, as the result of his daring adventures in the sea, was carried home, supposed to be dead by drowning. At another time he, with two other boys, thrust a tarred herring box into the sea, from the sandy shore between the two rocky points where the western sea came up for the narrow lock fin. Look at James! shouted one of the boys to his companions as Chalmers leapt into the box. It almost turned over, and he swayed and rolled and then steadied as the box swung out from the shore. The other boys, laughing and shouting, towed him and his boat through the sea as they walked along the shore. Suddenly, as they talked, they staggered forward. The cord had snapped, and they fell on the sand, still laughing, but when they stood up again, the laughter died on their lips. James was being swiftly carried out by the current to sea, and in a tarried herring box. He had no paddle, and his hands were on no effect in trying to move the boat towards the shore. The boys shouted. There came an answering cry from the door of a cottage in the village. A fisherman came swinging down the beach, strode to his boat, took the two boys into it, and taking an oar himself, and giving the other two boys, they pulled out with the tide. They reached James and rescued him, just as the herring box was sinking. He went home to the little cottage where he lived, and his mother gave him a proper thrashing. Some of James's schoolfellows used to go on Sunday to a school in Ivanry. He made up his mind to join them. The class met in the vestry of the United Presbyterian Church there. After their lesson, they went together into the church to hear a closing address. Mr. Milky, the minister, who was also superintendent of the school, one afternoon took from his pocket a magazine, a copy of the Presbyterian record. From this magazine, he read a letter from a brave missionary in the far-off cannibal islands of Fiji. The letter told of the savage life there, and of how already the story of Jesus was leading the men no longer to drag their victims to the cannibal ovens, nor to pile up the skulls of the enemies so as to show their own bravery. The writer said they were beginning happier lives in which the awful terror of the javelin and the club and the horror of demons and witches was gone. When Mr. Malkin had finished reading the magazine, he folded it up again, and then looked round on all the boys in the school, saying, I wonder if there is a boy here this afternoon who will become a missionary, and by and by bringing the gospel to other such cannibals as those. Even as the minister said those words, the adventurous heart of young Chalmers leapt in reply, and he said to himself, Yes, God helping me, I will. He was just a freckled, dark-haired boy with hazel eyes, a boy tingling with the joy of the open air, and with the love of the heave and flow of the sea. But when he made 
up his mind to do a thing, however great the difficulties of danger, James usually carried it through. So it came about that some years later, in 1866, having been trained and accepted by the London Missionary Society, Chalmers, as a young man, walked across the gangway to a fine new British-built clipper ship. It had been christened John Williams, after the great hero missionary, who gave up his life on the beach of Ramanga. This boy, who loved the sea and breathed deep with joy in the face of adventure and peril, had set his face towards the deep, long breakers of the far-off Pacific. He was going to carry to the South Seas the story of the hero and saviour, whom he had learnt to love within the sound of the Atlantic breakers that dashed and fretted against the rocks of Western Scotland. End of chapter 12 The Boy of Adventurous Heart Recording by Emily Burton